Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With history on their side, our beloved look to rebound from last week's loss to Tampa, avoid their third straight 0-3 start, and give the Steelers their first loss of 2017. Did history stay with the Bears, or did the Steelers turn the page? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week three review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. I hope that you were all caught up on your prescriptions, most likely your blood pressure medication, when you were watching this game earlier today, as our beloved did pull off the upset over the Steelers to get their first win of the year. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the week three review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and uh, here it is Sunday night, just about... Six or so hours removed from uh, this afternoon's game, and uh, they were playing with our emotions, man. That's for sure. They absolutely did. And uh, you'll hear in the knee-jerk reactions, those things pretty much say it all today. You know, it was kind of mystifying in the first quarter how well things were going, how well we were playing. And then the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, I'm sure you guys can all guess what the second quarter knee-jerk reaction was all about. You know, and then the third quarter, it's starting to, the scales are starting to tip a little bit. The fourth quarter, you know, we're holding our breath. And then finally, with relief and celebration in the overtime knee jerk reaction, as our beloved did win the football game 23 to 17 in overtime, thanks to um, a outstanding defensive performance and the running game. It's basically the only offense that we have. Uh, Mike Lennon, comp- you'll hear me talk about it uh, in the in the knee-jerk reaction. Mike Lennon competed, completed one pass to a wide receiver today, and that was to Deontay Thompson for nine yards. Everything else went to uh, Adam Shaheen, who caught, I believe, just one pass for a touchdown, and um, uh, Benny Cunningham, Tariq Cohen, and uh, Jordan Howard. Uh, Marcus Wheaton did play. He did start. He was targeted twice and dropped both balls. Um, aside from that, it was pretty much, uh, you know, if he wasn't throwing it to somebody underneath, he wasn't throwing it. And um, I, quite frankly, I'm, I'm sick of, of watching uh, Glennon do that over and over again, you know. And here's what we really need. We need to get our hands on, like, the All-22 tape to find out who's really at fault here. You know, is it Glennon not having the stones to, to, to push the ball down the field? Does he not trust his receivers? Or are our substandard wide receiving core, are these guys just not getting open? I mean, is that really, is that the issue? I mean, because if if they're not getting open, then it doesn't matter who our quarterback is. You know what I'm saying? But if it's if it is Glennon, then I'm ready to jump off the... 
I'm ready to jump off the bandwagon. You know, I'm, I'm ready to say to hell with it. You know, it can't get any worse with Trubisky. We might as well just give it a shot. And I know that we just came off a of victory, so the odds of Trubisky being a starter now are close to none. But, um, you know, if it's going to help our offense, why not at this point? You know, it's just like I, you know, I can't sit there and watch. The, like, I, I just refuse to believe that the, the wide receivers aren't getting open or are never open or anything like that. And I know that Glennon was under pressure a lot uh, this weekend. But, um, you know. It just, again, every time he's under pressure, he just panics. It just, I have no other word to describe it. It's the only word that I can use. I've been using it since the Atlanta game. It just looks like panic. He like, he's like flinching, like he's preparing to be hit, even though he still has time and stepping up in the pocket doesn't seem to be an option. He just, he freezes. And then the next thing you know, he's on the ground, he's being sacked and you know, so on and so forth. So it's, it's frustrating. uh, It's frustrating to watch, you know. Because as the veteran quarterback, I believe that he's the best option right now. Maybe not so much as far as winning football games, but, you know, I reiterate again, you know, it's not that I don't think Trubisky is ready. I just don't think the rest of the team is ready just yet. You know, I'll stand by that. I'll carry that one to my grave. You know, it's just, you know, you let the veteran um, go through the, the lumps you let the you let the veteran take the lumps I, I i don't want you know it's all about putting the rookie in the best position to succeed and you know i i'll, I'll say again I don't, I don't think that this is it you know i really don't so you know but the offensive line was at better strength than it had been kyle long played didn't hear his name once the entire game which when you're an offensive lineman is outstanding because i heard charles leno's name uh earlier today and um we heard Bobby Massey's name, but for a good reason. He recovered Tariq Cohen's fumble. That was a good thing. But, um, you know, for the most part, uh, we heard Bradley Soule's name a few times. Um, that was not good. And, uh, you know, Horonis Grasso left the game with a hand injury. So, you know, more bad news. But out of everyone whose names we did here today, Kyle Long was not one of them. So I would like to believe that that means that Kyle Long had an outstanding game. Um, where he was being Kyle Long again, which is what the Bears need, especially at the offensive line position. So, um, yeah, so let's go ahead and dive in. You know, first quarter, we come in, and, you know, it's like I I know I I jumped off the the bandwagon of I got a feeling about that week three game against Pittsburgh after last week's game. But as as we move closer to the game, and especially after my talk with Jeff Hartman, uh, on Thursday, Wednesday, I talked to him on Wednesday. Um, I started to kind of lean back into the whole, I got a funny feeling about this weekend's game. And it just kind of, I didn't want to go ahead and say it publicly again, but I did, I was kind of feeling that way. And then after the first quarter, there was, there was something in the air. You just kind of got a funny feeling that this was not going to be a repeat of last week's disaster in Tampa. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Steelers, and I don't know what the hell's happening out there, but the Bears are winning so far. Um, They trade three and outs, and then the Bears punt the ball back to the Steelers. They muff the punt, and the Bears recover. Sharon McManus with the recovery. Um, I think, what, like five or six straight running plays later, Jordan Howard in the end zone. The Bears are up seven to nothing. 
then on defense, this, the, with the, the Steelers got the football, they're moving it, and then Bryce Callahan with the strip sack on uh, on Roethlisberger. The Bears recover it in midfield. Two takeaways in the first quarter for the defense, like I talked about in the preview show. Um, unfortunately, we still have Connor Barth as our kicker, who uh, pushed it wide on the 47-yard kick or uh, field goal uh, attempt. Otherwise, it should be 10 to nothing right now. But uh, the Bears maintain a 7 to nothing lead right now at the end of the first quarter. And, and what I talked about... Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast about in the preview show about the Bears playing smart or uh, flawless or mistake-free football uh, is, is what's happening right now. We're taking advantage of the Steelers' mistakes. We're not making any big mistakes of our own. We've even got a couple of calls that went our way um, as far as penalties and such are concerned. But, uh, you know, if the Bears can continue what they're doing now, which is being mistake-free and let, them, let the Steelers make their own mistakes, this thing could turn out positively for us. But it's only 7 nothing. And we got a lot of football left to play. So the first quarter went about as well as one could hope, except for the you know the the, the missed field goal uh, from Connor Barth. But as a 47-yard kick, that is no by no means an automatic uh, shot. But um, you know he had more than enough leg uh, to make it. He just pushed it wide. So you know we could you know. And, and the other thing is the other thing that we know is that the whole flawless or perfect or mistake-free football means you make those field goals means you take the points wherever you can get them and you know obviously with this game going to overtime those three points were huge uh that we ended up missing out on so i mean those are the mistakes that the bears can't afford at this stage in their development you know as we're a football team that can clearly hang with anybody when we're when we're on top of it when we're playing you know straight up no mistakes, head-to-head, with any, we can play with anybody, or at least that's what we've proven against the Steelers and the Falcons thus far. You know, when the wheels come off the bus and, you know, we can't play with anyone when we're just making one mistake after another. But um, when we're, you know, if we can go head-to-head with people and, you know, play straight up, the Bears, uh, the Bears are good. You know, the Bears can handle it. But, uh, you know, those little mistakes like that, those are the things that we have to avoid. And... Um, Speaking of mistakes, um, I'm going to skip the rest of my summary of the first quarter. Um, you know, aside from an outstanding play on on behalf of McManus to to be there to take advantage of the punt returner losing the ball in the air with his losing it in the sun, basically is what happened. 
Uh, it bounced, you know, right off his right off his chest, down through his legs and back to Sherrick McManus. Made the recovery, and uh, you know, I think like five straight running plays later, Jordan Howard is in the end zone uh, to put us up seven to nothing. Um, you know, let's just jump right into the second quarter. Um, another awesome quarter for the Bears. Um, the Steelers did manage to score a touchdown, um, a decent drive. Basically, the only good drive they put together in the first quarter resulted in that touchdown that tied things up. Um, the Bears had a really good drive um, where they took the ball down the field. Adam Shaheen made an appearance in the football game. And not only did he make an appearance, Mike Glennon actually threw him the football. He was wide open as one person could be in the back of the end zone on that goal line play. They put the Bears up 14-7. to So now that we're all caught up, the Steelers have the football. After the touchdown, and you'll hear me summarize this again in the knee-jerk reaction, 43 seconds to go. The Steelers drive the ball down the field, big chunks on the pass plays, which I was not happy about. But um, they get it down into field goal range, and then this happened. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Steelers, and the last... Ten minutes have been unbelievable, and it all had to do with the last play of the first half, which was after the, the, the Bears scored a touchdown, an Adam Shaheen touchdown for starters, scored a touchdown, gave the ball back to the Steelers with a with 43 seconds to go. It's 14-7. to seven. The Steelers scored a touchdown earlier in the quarter. 14 to 7, the Bears kick it off to the Steelers, 43 seconds. Roethlisberger gets it down inside the 15-yard line or whatever it is. They go to kick a field goal to make it 14 to 10. The Bears block the kick. Marcus Cooper recovers it in stride. The ball bounces up right into his breadbasket. He runs it. He's 15, 20 yards ahead of anybody who can track him down. Then this dickhead slows down at about the 15-yard line, gets Caught at the one from behind by Vance McDonald, the tight end from the Steelers. Fumbles the football into the end zone. The Steelers knock it out. Okay? Yeah, he stopped running at the one-yard line. Now, at the, there's a conference between the referees. John Fox wants a safety. Uh, the Steelers, the entire team, goes into the locker room. Like, it's halftime as far as the Steelers are concerned. After some conference, here come the referees. They say that... The they 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 agree that Cooper fumbles at the one that the Steelers being on defense the kicker knocks the ball out of the end zone like on purpose that's against the rules so the Bears get the ball back at the one half the distance to the goal for the penalty for an untimed down before halftime then Charles Leno with a <laughs> false start penalty like the Bears couldn't get any more chances and they still walk away with almost nothing we settle for a counterbar field goal so what should have been 21 to 7 and all of this passion and, and heat that i'm giving you right now should be about the 14 point lead that we have going into the halftime marcus cooper is a genius who cares you know instead i want marcus cooper thrown out of the stadium i don't want to see him for the rest of the day because if the bears lose this football game that idiot move right there will be why but 
The positive news is the Bears are playing really well. We are winning this game not just on the scoreboard but pretty much everywhere else. If we can slow the, the Steelers down with their big pass plays that they, you know, big chunks down the field to get in that field goal range, we're going to be fine. The Bears are playing very well on defense. The offense is avoiding the mistakes. And like I said, we're taking advantage of the mistakes that the Steelers are giving us. So it's 17-7 to right now. And if I'm not mistaken, we get the football to start the second half. So there you have it. Um, for what was essentially a perfect half of football from the Bears, we taint it with that play because that's the play of the game. That's the one play everyone will remember going forward uh, for a long time. And the other thing is that that mistake seemed to like hang over the rest of the game, you know, because you just knew, you just knew that one way or another, the four points that we didn't get, the four points that we didn't walk away with at the end of the half was going to affect this game one way or another, you know, and sure enough, it did. It did. You know, the Bears had forced turnovers. They made us, they, I mean, when's the last time that the Bears blocked a field goal in that fashion? The Bears have blocked field goals before, hell, they even did it last year. Akeem Hicks, I think, blocked a couple last year. But when was the last time that we had one go back the other way for a touchdown? And the first time that it happens in God knows how long, Marcus Cooper finds a way to ruin it. And I, no one that I spoke to today can figure out what the hell he was doing. You know, what he thought he was doing, um, you know, or how safe and secure of a lead he thought he had on the rest of the crowd. He thought he would just walk, literally walk into the end zone from the one-yard line, and that's where he was caught. The only thing that saved the Bears was, I believe it was the punter, not the kicker. So the holder on the play, um, knocking the football out of the end zone on purpose, is the only reason we got those extra three points. Otherwise, that very well could have cost the Bears the game no matter what. You know, we would have walked away without those points, and, um, you know, that would have been the deficit because the Bears went over the second half. We did not score another point until overtime. So, you know, but th that was the other thing, was that it just seemed that, that that play and the points that we didn't get just seemed to hang over the rest of the game. You know, and I don't know if this was my glass half empty mentality, but it's just like everything that started happening in the second half, everything that started happening in the second half made that play more and more relevant as we went along. Because the flawless first half that the Bears essentially played was in total reverse. The, the, it was a tale of two halves. In the first half, it was all Bears and very little Steelers. And in the second half, starting with the third quarter, it seemed to be all Steelers and very little Bears. I mean, the defense pretty much played well all the way through, all the way throughout. But you know, the offense, on the other hand, we got to do something about that offense. Knee-jerk reaction: Bears and Steelers after three quarters, and what should be a. 24 to 7 or 24 the Bears should have 24 points the field goal that um, Barth missed and the, the touchdown that Cooper fumbled like an idiot uh, instead we're looking at 17 to 14 
the Bears finally had some of that good fortune go against them. Uh, Jordan Howard gets tackled and wrapped up, and what looks like it's ruled a fumble on the field, and even though on the replay it looks like the knee was down, you can't see where the ball is. Therefore, the play on the field stands, and that's what the ref said. The play is stand, not confirmed. So, I mean, that means that there wasn't conclusive evidence to – to reverse the field, the Steelers take the ball in to make it 17-14, to and that's where we're at right now. Uh, the Bears on third and 31 decide to run a draw play up the middle for five stinking yards, and uh, we're going to be punting the Steelers to start the fourth quarter. Now, aside from the fumble from Jordan Howard and the retarded play by Cooper, the Bears are playing relatively mistake-free football, and, and uh, you know, I guess what, that's what we've proven so far. If we can be perfect or close to perfect, we can hang with anybody because right now we're hanging with a team that's going to contend for the AFC crown this year. It's 17-14. to 14. We're handing the ball back to Steelers to, to, start the, uh, to start the fourth quarter. And if we can hang on, that would be a hell of a thing. But um, I don't know. I don't like it. On offense, you know, we have no pass game whatsoever. And, uh, you know, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen are only going to be able to perform their magic for so much longer. The ironic thing about that statement is that, um, you know, in the second half, we weren't doing as well on offense. I mean, not that we were really doing well in the first half half on offense but it's just like the only thing that was that was successful was the running game and um it was either you know either like no gain or a loss or a big gain basically is is what it was and it's just like the the bears i i gotta give credit to 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 fox and and the rest of the crew on this one they they really seem to have the steelers pretty well mapped out and what i mean by that is the, the Steelers, on the other hand, knew on defense that the running game was all we had because they came at the run. I mean, they were run blitzes one right after another uh, in this football game. They were, they were just shooting the gaps. I mean, flying right through and in a lot of cases unmolested. But a lot of the time, what we, what we saw was that if they shot the gaps, they were overrunning the play almost every single time that they did that. And that's when you would see Howard or Cohen bust for, you know, a good chunk of yardage um, on those plays. So, I mean, it was like, you know, the Steelers knew what was coming and the Bears knew how to how to protect it, I guess. You know, sometimes they would lose and there would be a, you know, play for a for a loss or, uh, you know, or, or no gain or whatever, but more times than not, even when the Steelers look prepared or ready to defend the run, it, you know, it looked like the bears were prepared for the, for the Steelers to come shooting the gaps. So they just let them. And every single time that they did just about, they would overshoot the play and there'd this be this huge manufactured hole from where that linebacker or that safety were, was coming from, there'd be a hole right there for Howard or Tariq Cohen to run through. So, um, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, you know, I hope that was deliberate because if it is, that was pretty damn smart. Um, but, you know, like I was saying before, we're going into the fourth quarter. The offense has done nothing in the first, in the third quarter. As a matter of fact, when we haven't punted, we turned over the ball. The, the fumble from from Jordan Howard. Again, they said it was, they said that the call stands, not that it was confirmed because I believe that um, if they had been able to see the ball, they would see that it didn't come out until after Howard's knee was down. 
but we didn't we couldn't see the ball in any of the angles that they had you couldn't see the ball at all you know you just see the ball come out you know even even though it didn't come out until after Howard's knee was on the ground you don't know if the ball was moving or anything like that and with the call on the field being that it was a fumble there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it it's one of those things that sucks about instant replay but you know it's fair you know, it sucks, but it's fair. And uh, unfortunately, that one went against us and led to the Steelers scoring their touchdown. So now they're the ones taking advantage of the mistakes that the Bears were making. So we're going into the fourth quarter. We're only up a field goal. And again, those points that we didn't get, that we should be up 21 to 14, you know, not counting the field goal from Connor Barth, kickers miss field goals, that kind of thing happens. You hate to see it, but there's not really much you can do about it. Marcus Cooper made a choice to stop running, to slow down, and then just flat out stop before he got to the goal line. And that's why we're in this mess going into the fourth quarter. And <laughs> the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction is short, but sweet and direct to the point. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, and the Bears have been awful in the second half. I think they've had five or six drives in the second half. Two turnovers and four punts and no imagination or balls, for lack of a better term, on offense. Not trying to push it down the field, not doing anything but dinking and dunking uh, to the running backs. Our wide receivers have one catch for the entire 60 minutes that we've played so far. And the Bears pissed away a 17-7 lead. That should be a 21-17 victory right now if it weren't for Marcus Cooper. So here we go, headed into overtime to find out the fate of Marcus Cooper on whether or not he will be a dead man in Chicago if the Bears lose this one. <laughs> Short, sweet, to the point. Marcus Cooper's life hangs in the balance as the Bears go into overtime. And, um, you know, and from here, all is forgiven because uh, even though it will definitely go down like when, like when they do the not-so-top-10 plays next Friday on SportsCenter, that may, that I, I have no doubt that that will have to be number one. That will have to be number one. So tune into SportsCenter on Friday to see Marcus Cooper make the not-so-top-10 list on, on SportsCenter uh, next weekend. But, um, you know, overtime happened, and again... The Bears get away with not having a passing game. Mike Glennon, who threw an interception that led to the field goal that tied the game in the fourth quarter, uh, did not attempt to pass in overtime. And it basically just seemed like the uh, the Steelers' defense was worn down because, number one, Tariq Cohen had an outstanding run. Uh, instant replay shows me he did not step out. Um, you know, I watched the NFL Network uh, game day after the game. They don't think he stepped out. Trent Green, who was the color analyst for the game uh, today, doesn't think he stepped out. But it's like from one angle, it looks like he did. But the one that's right there on the sideline, basically right in front of the camera, you see grass between his heel and the white. You know, you see green between his shoe uh, and the white. But because the referee called him dead on the play, you know, I don't think because of the, lo the the volume and the noise that that anybody on the field heard him because everybody was running out to play and Tariq Cohen scored like a 77 yard touchdown run, which would have been bananas if he'd won it. Because if he had, we'd have had 200 yard rushers on the day. I mean, he he had something. I think he ended up with 78 yards 
and uh, 37 more would have, you know, which is where they stopped him was at the 37 yard line. 37 would have put him at like 115 for the day. I think he actually may have ended up with more yardage than Howard based on that run. I mean, that's just bananas. 200 yard rushers, and um, you know, but even after that, uh, you know, the 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 plays that Jordan Howard had, who was clearly favoring that shoulder by the end of the game, he came back I think like three times, you know. And at first, I thought maybe it was just a stinger, but uh, you know. He just kept not getting up, and then when he did, he was you know it looked like that shoulder was heavy on him and and everything. And then the the second to last play in overtime, he had a big run that got the Bears inside the red zone right before the last play, and he was running, and he turned his entire body inside so that he made contact with the defender with his left shoulder, not his right. So I mean that's you know that's telling me everything. The guy really gutted it out today. So all the credit in the world. Uh, to Jordan, and then one play later, he ends it uh, with a 19-yard touchdown run. And like I said, all is forgiven, at least for this week, Marcus Cooper. Knee-jerk reaction. Breathe a sigh of relief, Chicago, and breathe a sigh of relief, Marcus Cooper. Um, the Bears win the football game as they, they won the toss. They receive the opening kickoff or the overtime kickoff and run our way into the end zone twice, actually. The first time, Tariq Cohen, which would have been about a 75-yard run, if not more, um, says he stepped out at about the 37. Uh, Instead, we hand the ball to Jordan Howard a couple of times, who was clearly nursing that shoulder injury that's been bugging him. But from 19 yards out just a moment ago, Jordan Howard runs it in to give the Bears the victory, 23-17. And Marcus Cooper dodges the bullet on being a dead man in Chicago. The Bears go to one and two. They avoid their third straight 0-3 start, and we're on the short week going to Green Bay on Thursday. The ironic thing about what's ahead of us is that the the, the uh, Packers also had to go to overtime today, but for them it was on the positive, and they were the ones that actually fell way behind uh, the Bengals uh, today and scored a touchdown just before the end of regulation and then kicked a field goal uh, to win it uh, in overtime. So they're kind of riding high and also very banged up from what I understand uh, watching the game. The offensive line is in a lot of trouble. Rodgers got sacked six times today that I know of. You know, I think they sacked him at least four or five times before halftime. I didn't watch much of the second half. But, um, you know, it's like I watched the the end of the game and the pressure was there. I mean, Rodgers was buried under Bengals all day long. So, Maybe that's something that we can take advantage of. We'll talk to Evan Western about that uh, tomorrow night uh, for the preview show. But, um, you know, it it is what it is, guys. We, we, we got what we wanted. We got our first victory Monday uh, of the season, or in this case, victory Sunday because of the short week. Um, you know, the running game is back in, in, in full force again. Hopefully, Jordan Howard can rebound and uh, be ready to go on, on Thursday night. Um, you know, otherwise I hope Benny Cunningham can pick up the slack while Tarek Cohen moves into the starting spot. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, we're really going to need our offensive, our receivers to step up. And even if that means throwing the ball to Deion Sims and, 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 uh, uh, Zach Miller and, and, uh, you know, Shaheen getting them in more involved. That's the other thing that's frustrating is not only do we only throw one pass to a wide receiver, or complete one pass to a wide receiver. I think we only threw three passes overall to a wide receiver. And then aside from Shaheen catching one, I think Zach Miller caught one, and Deion Sims was targeted once. You know, uh, 
it's like <laughs> uh, Glennon, I think, threw 25 passes or something like that. And all but like those half dozen went to Cohen or Cunningham or uh, Howard out of the backfield. It's, you know, it's 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 not going to be hard for a defense to shut that down. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess, you know, the Steelers couldn't couldn't do it today, but that's because they couldn't stop the run. You know, we had that going for us. If the Packers can somehow, like the the Buccaneers did, figure out how to stop the run, then they've got us clocked because we can't, we, we won't be able to beat them with our passing game. So we need to figure out a way to incorporate the passing game in there more. And as, what was frustrating about today on offense was the way that we were pretty much running the ball at will at times against the Steelers, we never went for play action in this game. You would think the play action would be there all day the way that we were running the ball. But, you know, I think maybe aside from that one throw to Marcus Wheaton that went right through his hands, I don't think the Bears attempted a play action pass all day long. And um, that's something that I think we're going to seriously need to incorporate in the offense going forward on, on you know, well, going forward, period, but definitely going into this game uh, on Thursday, especially if Jordan Howard isn't going to be able to go. So with, uh, I mean, you know, got to give the guy all the credit. He toughed it out, you know. Um, it's ironic because I just got done watching the football life of Emmett Smith over the weekend, and they talked about that game where he played with that separated shoulder uh, to get the Cowboys home field advantage back in 92 or 93, whichever season it was. And, um, you know, I don't think that Jordan Howard's shoulder is separated, but, I mean, he's definitely nursing that shoulder injury, um, you know, that's kind of the gutsy performance that he put together uh, today. Ended up with 138 yards and two touchdowns uh, today, and I don't I think maybe like 30 yards or so catching passes uh, out of the backfield. So a fantastic day uh, from Jordan Howard and showing all the metal and guts uh, of a Chicago Bear uh, today. So I'm definitely proud uh, of him, and I hope that uh, he can go on Thursday because we're going to need all we can get to take the Packers down in Lambeau on national TV in those god-awful head-to-toe Navy uniforms. I hate them. I hate. That's the one thing I didn't mention uh, about the Falcons game was watching us wear those head-to-toe Navy uniforms. Um, I, I put it on Twitter that uh, if we lose this game, it'll be because of the uniforms, not because Atlanta was better than us. And, uh, you know, considering the way the game actually did turn out, um, can you say that I was wrong? You know? We lost the game, not because the Falcons were better, but, uh, you know, had a little something in there. It was the uniforms, and we got to wear them again on Thursday against the against the Packers. Not looking forward to it. Also, the Packers being all white from head to toe, it's, it's just not a good look. The colorist thing has got to stop. It has got to stop. But um, anyway, we held on. We held on our first victory of the year. We avoid our third consecutive 0-3 start under John Fox. We go into a game that if that's – you know, call me crazy, it's winnable. This is a winnable game. And actually, with the way the Bears played week one and the way the Bears play today, they prove that any game is winnable if they can if they can stay mistake-free or, you know, as mistake-free as one team possibly can. You know, it was the one mistake that cost us the game against the Falcons. It was six mistakes in the first half that cost us the game against Tampa. And then... 
we were able to take advantage and force mistakes. That was the other thing that was missing from the Atlanta and Tampa Bay games is that we weren't forcing mistakes. We forced those mistakes on the Steelers early, and the mistakes that we made allowed the Steelers to pull even. Otherwise, this is a you know a, a Titan victory for the Bears. They they win this thing walking away if we don't have the turnovers that we had in the second half because basically both teams got all their points off turnovers uh, in this one. So, um, you know, if the Bears can avoid making and, and more importantly force some mistakes on the Packers one way or the other, that's our best chance. You know, that'll, that'll be our best way to, to get through it. But we'll talk more about that uh, later this week. We'll talk to Evan tomorrow night and um, we'll do the preview show Tuesday. It'll be there out Tuesday, late Tuesday night or early Wednesday. Uh, most of you won't be hearing this until probably Monday morning, I would assume. But, um, you know, that's 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 what I think our best shot against Green Bay will be, especially on this short week where both teams are really banged up. They played in some wars this Sunday. The Bears with the overtime win over the Steelers and the Packers, the comeback victory in overtime over Cincinnati. So um, doing pretty well against the AFC North this year uh, so far, uh, the NFC North is. But, um so anyway, that's week three. We pulled it off. I'm proud of our guys. They showed some metal, you know, some guts, and uh, they hung in there, uh, survived the mistakes that they did make, even a colossal one that, that would have won us the game before halftime, you know, because we're, we're up 21-7 to with the ball to start the second half and all the momentum in the world, and it's just like we gave just a little bit of that momentum to the Steelers to start the second half. And like I said, that the points that we didn't walk away with hung over the Bears the entire second half. We were able to survive and win the game in overtime. So we're one and two. We got a W on the board. We're going forward into a divisional game against a familiar opponent in a winnable situation. I mean, the last time we beat the, the Packers was in Green Bay. So um, we'll have to see. Hopefully we can catch them. Uh, as banged up as uh, as we are and take advantage of some of those weaknesses, especially on the offensive line, because the, the Bengals certainly did today. So um, either way, that's the week number three. We move on, and uh, before we wrap things up, we'll close it up with everyone's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for week number three in our beloved Chicago Bears, a victory list of bear up and bear downs this week. And let's just go ahead and get the negative out of the way, and uh, we'll just call this the obvious list. Uh, There's only two names on it. I think you can guess what at least one of them is, Um, so we'll save him for last. But uh, bear down to Mike Lennon. Um, Again, um, in Mike Lennon's defense, I think I need to get a look at like the all 22 tape to see what the real problem is to find out if it is Glennon and or is it the wide receivers? Are they actually not getting open? Is that why he always has to check down or is he just doing that because, you know, I don't want to call him afraid, but, he, you know, he's just not pushing the ball down the field or he's panicking in the pocket. He he thinks he has less time than he has or or whatever. The guy's got no pocket presence. And, you know, he just seems to panic any time that he's under pressure. Our passing game is non-existent, and that is going to catch up to us. 
that is going to catch up to us. I mean, it caught up to us last week against Tampa, and it, it almost caught up to us again today um, against the Steelers. So, I mean, we, we, we were able to survive. You know, I don't want to call us lucky because we earned everything that we got today. It's just that I think we were lucky to survive, um, you know, considering what this guy did. Bear down to Marcus Cooper. Bro, you know, <laughs> the the error that you made was bad enough that you might be on this list at the end of the year just for that play. I mean, that was, I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I haven't been on Twitter, so I haven't seen if the press has had a chance to ask him what in the bloody hell he was doing, what he thought he was doing, or, you know, whatever the case may be. I would love to hear his explanation for this one. You know, I mean, it just, it, it, and then what was even better was that after he gets smashed and knocked down from behind, he stands up in the end zone and puts his hands up. Like, dude, you weren't, you weren't there. You know you weren't. You just weren't there. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, not only did he look like an idiot getting caught from behind after he quit running, um, then he thinks that the refs are just going to award him the touchdown. I was like, no. <laughs> you run through the back of the end zone, then you get the touchdown, but instead you decide to pull a Deshaun Jackson and stop before the one-yard line, and you got caught from behind, you know, idiot. So I won't even put him in the Leon Lett category because the Leon Lett thing was more of of a Don Beebe thing than it was a Leon Lett thing. He just started celebrating with his hand out and Don Beebe's, you know, that was different. You know, Leon Lett was going to score because he didn't slow down. He didn't stop running. He was just a great effort from Don Beebe and, you know, a bad decision by Leon Lett to put his hands out and start celebrating before he crossed the goal line. Marcus Cooper, on the other hand, just stopped running. I mean, I don't know what the hell was going on there, you know, but um, so bear down to those two guys. Um, otherwise, Marcus Cooper actually did have a good game. He defeated, you know, our, our pass defense was actually, aside from our pass rush being virtually non-existent, we did sack Roethlisberger three times today. But for the most part, we weren't really putting Roethlisberger under any pressure uh, at all uh, today. But our secondary was really, really good. I mean, the, I mean, it was it was good enough that that Antonio Brown had ten catches for 110 yards and nobody noticed basically. You know, that's how, you know, little of a factor it was in the game. And then, you know, the defense played really, really well, aside from, you know, like the points that they did give up were on short fields, both of them, um, or all three of them, I should say. Um, you know, the, the Steelers didn't charge down the field. You know, they didn't have those, you know, long drives that we, they had last week against Tampa Bay. It just it didn't happen, you know, so... If it weren't for that one play, Cooper might actually be on the bear-up list because he made some nice plays uh, in the passing game uh, today. But uh, that error alone is just, it was just too big, and it, it ended up almost costing us the game. So, uh, like I said, he's lucky. <laughs> he would have needed a security escort to get out of the stadium um, if that ended up being the play that cost us the game. So, And it was very close to being that way. So, anyway, on the bear-up side, on the positive side, uh, let's start with Sherrick McManus. Um, somebody's going to have to tell me whether I'm right or I'm wrong about this, but I believe, number one, I know for a fact, Sherrick McManus recovered the fumble uh, on the uh, on the punt that led to the first touchdown uh, in the ball game. And I haven't been able to find out who it was that actually blocked the kick. Um, I believe it was Sherrick McManus. I might be wrong about that. Um 
I don't know who those outside rushers are on the field goal uh, team, on the field goal block team. So I believe it was McManus. I'm going to go ahead and give him credit for it. And, you know, he makes the bear up list. I mean, even just recovering the fumble that led to the first touchdowns enough to make the list. But he might be on here double because of the block kick. But um, uh, bear up to the run defense. 70 yards total allowed uh, in the football game and 61 of those from Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, supposed to be one of the elite running backs in the league. I mean, that's twice now that we've uh, had an outstanding game against what's supposed to be the best that the NFL has to offer in the run game. You know, 68 yards combined from Freeman and Coleman for the, for the uh, Falcons. 61 from Le'Veon Bell, who I think did win the rushing title two years ago or something like that. Um, you know, supposed to be one of the premier running backs in football. The Bears had him clocked uh, on Sunday. So bear up once again to our run defense. And then speaking of running, uh, bear up to Tariq Cohen. Jordan Howard will lump them together. 138 yards rushing for Howard, two touchdowns, and the medal, the guts that he showed to keep coming back even though that that shoulder wasn't 100% in the second half. I mean, that second-to-last run that he had where he turned his whole body inward so that it was his left shoulder that absorbed the blow instead of the right tells you everything you need to know about what that guy was doing out there. He was toughing it out. He wanted the Bears to win, and he made it happen. And then, of course, Tariq Cohen, um, you know, if it weren't for uh, a replay going against us, could have ended the game a couple of plays earlier on an outstanding 77, 78-yard run uh, you know, it was it was an amazing run. It really was. Uh, it's a damn shame that it doesn't uh, fully count. But uh, you know, 78 yards rushing for Cohen would have been like 115 with that extra 37. Um, you know, dangerous in the passing game. Um, got his you know did his damage on the running game. The two of them did an outstanding job uh, getting it done today. So and then honorable mentions, uh, Danny Trevathan. Ten tackles led the team uh, in tackles today. Akeem Hicks recovered a fumble. Willie Young and Bryce Callahan with sacks, even more so for Callahan, a strip sack that led to the Bears. Uh, the, well, that was a missed field goal, but still, nonetheless, it got the Bears in the scoring position. Um, who else? I think that's it. So um, those are the honorable mentions today. It was a victory episode, guys. This is what they sound like. Uh, even though Marcus Cooper almost put the kibosh on the whole thing, we walked away with that win, and I proved myself right from a few weeks back when I thought it was possible. I had a funny feeling about that Steeler game week number three, and sure enough, uh, my suspicions from a few weeks ago were correct. <laughs> Certainly wasn't feeling it last week after the Tampa Bay game, but um, you know, it uh, you know as the week progressed, especially after talking to Jeff Hartman, felt like it was definitely possible. And uh, the Bears pulled it off on Sunday. So now we hope that on the short week, the Packers are as banged up as they appeared to be against Cincinnati. And the Bears can take advantage of that and maybe walk away with another victory and be two for two or two and two with a 10-day break before we take on the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. And we're going to need that extra rest because the Vikings are playing some good football right now. So um, it might not be a foregone conclusion with the victory in Chicago on that home-and-home -home series the Bears and Vikings like to have. Uh, with each other so <clears throat> anyway come back on Tuesday uh, we will have our talk with Evan Western from Acme Packing Company at SB Nation previewing the game between the Bears and the Packers see what he thinks about what the Packers have been doing so far how well or how healthy they'll be that'll be the big story 
how healthy are they going to be going into this game on Thursday. We'll talk about that and everything else in between on Tuesday. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.